0: What's up, everybody? Hello and welcome to the first ever episode 77 of the Best Seats podcast, the only podcast bringing you interviews with some of the most talented people in and around the hospitality community from Orange County, where these intros and outros and most of the episodes are recorded to the rest of Southern California and beyond each and every episode. As always, I am your host, Crawford McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats. Thank you, as always, to my friend, Allie Coyle, who provides the music for the show. I could not do it without her. If you live here in Orange County, please go and support her at any of her family's three restaurants, uh, Fable and Spirit over in Newport Beach. WineWorks for Everyone and Dublin for Gastropub. Those are both located over in Mission Viejo. As a reminder, if you enjoy the show, please be sure to leave a rating and or a review wherever you are listening to it. It helps other folks discover it as well. You can go to thebestseats.com for more content just like this. But as always, if you subscribe over on Patreon.com forward slash thebestseats, you get early ad-free listening access to the exclusive post show. We are a couple episodes in on that one now since starting the new year, as well as other content that will be starting to launch around March exclusively over on Patreon. And thank you to everybody that does support on that real quick before we jump into the show. um, I know that I do have some people that have recently signed up on Patreon, Um, obviously at the end of the show, um, after the kind of outro and the thank yous during the main or after the main interview, um, there's some thank yous that go out to people that support at the highest tier, which is called Norm Status, um, that is an incredibly generous $15 a month donation. to people pledge. Um, I do have a couple names that I need to re-record. There was an issue with the file, um, and I need to get a new mini SD card. Basically, long story short, I do apologize to those handful of patrons um, whose names were not getting read. I didn't realize that the file did not upload correctly, but that will be fixed on the next episode. So 78 moving forward, everybody who is registered for Norm Status. We'll be getting those thank yous. And again, thank you to everybody that does support advertisers and so forth. But let's talk about episode 77. I got a great, great guest lined up that I could not be more excited about. Guillermo Guerrero. Now, if that name may not ring a bell right off the bat, you may be thinking, well, who is this Guillermo? Who is this handsome sounding man? Well, that's because if you go on your phone and you open up Instagram, you're going to look up somebody. His name is not what you're going to see. You are going to see my boy. Memo. Memo's munchies. That's right. We're talking to memo because I have been waiting forever to get this guy on the show. Now, if you've been listening for any time whatsoever, um, I sort of have a fraught relationship, but that may be an overly strong word, but I have mixed feelings on how influencers kind of quote unquote, and I know that's a broad term, but bear with me, how food influencers are kind of a necessary evil and major part of and kind of something that's absolutely required. All the good and the bad and everything in between that comes with food influencing media. I've wanted to get a handle on it. I've wanted to get a deeper understanding of it. As somebody who is literally a pot calling kettle black, I'm over here making a hospitality podcast. I wanted to understand and unpack that word I wanted to unpack it from somebody who does it from the more kind of traditional standpoint of content creation. But for somebody who it's not traditional because it changes every single day, somebody who's really, really genuine, um, somebody who doesn't appear to ever want to. It didn't get into this for the money, although has found massive success, somebody with a really good smile on their face who no one really has a bad word to say about somebody who would be willing to sit down and be candid and have a conversation And that is Memo. Um, Again, I'm somebody who I could be considered an influencer. I prefer the term content creator. I think that's still a term that's graduating kind of to different levels each and every day as technology continues to emerge. And people like various creators are supported on platforms just like this one of Patreon. So I think it's really important to understand what is a quote unquote influencer and, and what is it not and what could it be and what should it be and what are some of the preconceived notions both good and bad and everything that goes with it um, I'm incredibly incredibly grateful for him for taking the time to sit down and really really be honest um, about a lot of things. Um, And this is probably only part one. Truth be told, there was so much more that we could have recorded out of respect for everybody's time with these shows. Obviously, you know, 40 minutes on average is a lot to ask of you when it's a very busy time these days. And with the post show, um, we will be sitting down for a part two. We're trying to get that one scheduled now, so I don't have a firm date. And I apologize for that at the time of this recording. Uh, But there will be more to come. But this is an awesome, awesome episode. They're all awesome. I say that every single time. But I think that this is something that, gets misunderstood, maybe gets misconstrued, and selfishly, it's something that I wanted to learn more about. So without further ado, um, let's sit down and talk to my man. I ain't calling you Guillermo, buddy. It is Memo of Memo's Munchies. I hope you enjoy. That's a fun one. Brother, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down. Uh, before I have you introduce yourself and before we really get going, first and foremost, I want to give a shout-out to StuBricks up here in Fullerton. Um, full disclosure, obviously, you do work with them. They were nice enough to host this podcast. I will have them on and their team at some point in the future. Yes. But I am here to talk about you. And this is a very, very exciting one. But before we jump into everything that I do want to talk about, would you mind introducing yourself and giving kind of your background and, and how you got into what you do?
1: Yes. So right off the gate, uh, my name really is memo. You'd be, you'd be amazed how many times I actually get asked that question. They're like, Oh, so it actually is memo. Yeah. Full name Guillermo. I go by memo. Um, I do content creation. I work with brands, like you mentioned. Uh, I'm still getting used to the mic. So, um, <laughs> it's all right. Baby steps. Yeah. One step at a time. And then, um, what else was I going to say? Yeah. Just full on munchy enthusiast, you know, um, that's kind of really what got me into this. So um, I come from a background where I was in an industry where I drove around a lot. So naturally you get tired of eating the same stuff. I started finding places through Instagram, which led to me, um, just taking my phone out, taking some pictures. I went to some places. I'm like, man, they don't have any pictures. So like, I'm not good, but better than nothing. At least it's something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So that, that's entirely started from there. No plan. Here we are. Now I get to talk to you.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should say you're not just a content creator. I mean, you are full on in the influencer space. And this is one of the reasons that I wanted to talk to you is it's taken a lot of episodes to get kind of someone who does operate at your level on the show, um, for better or for worse. And, and part of that could be on me. Part of that could be on 2020, whatever you want to call it. We're going to blame it on 2020. I, I still do. It did, no, it could uh-huh. be 10 years from now. I'm still going. It's 2020's fault.
1: It'll still be valid 10 years from now. I mean, you're, <laughs> you still won't be wrong.
0: <laughs> but how did you transition from we're going to kind of develop and unpack the word influencer because I think there's a lot right, that goes with it, especially nowadays but when did it start to transition from you being like hey I really like this I'm going to support this little mom and pop spot that I found when I was driving around to oh shit there may be something here
1: um you know I think the thread that holds those things together or kind of pulled it into what it is now is that um it's as corny as it sounds like it really does come from a place of my grandparents, you know, they were in the food industry, you know, so it's part of my childhood is seeing them serve food to people. Um, my parents, not so much, but at the same time, you know, um, what I did for work, which was process serving, my parents did before me. So like, I grew up, same thing. My dad knew <laughs> he was a foodie before it was ever a thing. I mean, he never even got, Um, they passed away, my parents passed away. So he didn't even get to see Google Maps come around, but like, he just knew like, If we were in Fontana, there was a burrito place. If we were in Long Beach, there's a burger place, you know? So it's like coming from that background, I guess. And then when I did start dabbling into it, and then I think it clicks when you're like, oh, you know what? I can have an impact because even for myself, before I would try to like own the influencer thing, which, like you said, it's a huge, it's a loaded, you know, it's a loaded word. Yeah, and word. It
0: will for sure kind of unpack it as we keep going with the episode.
1: Yeah, but I mean, so even from my early, early beginnings, it's just like, hey, you know what? Um, I have this content. If you can use it, you know, I noticed you didn't have any. This is what I can do, you know, yeah. kind of thing. So once, the, it, once that starts to take off, um, it pretty much just, it spirals, you know, it spirals out of control.
0: Well, so it was the reason that I wanted to have you on is... I've, you know, you and I kind of are acquaintances. We connected through Instagram, um, you know, been at the kind of the same spots a couple of times. Um, But you always came from what looked like kind of an altruistic standpoint on it. It it was just a side effect of kind of what you were doing. You were driving around, you were hitting these places. You're like, oh my God, this is awesome. I want to, you know, it's kind of how Best Seats got started was I took photos because I wanted to remember these places and be like, hey, y'all should go here. Right. To a little bit of a a different degree, but the the intent was still there. Mm Mm-hmm now you're kind of moving into i mean your numbers recently have just blown up i mean instagram TikTok, things like that i mean what does your day-to-day look like right now what is a nine to five or a a, a ten to two or a you know what does a work day for you look like
1: hours what is the life of an influencer damn it um definitely it still mostly takes part during the day it's definitely not nine to five but um a lot of it does circle around um either clients that i'm servicing so There's a lot. I mean, just like anything else, you know, you can watch a movie and be like, oh, this looks super cool. But the amount of production behind it is just crazy. So um, day to day, you know, I'm scheduling shoots. So I'm either taking care of servicing my clients or obviously there's a network that I operate within with other food bloggers. So I might be going to produce content for their places. Um, So a lot of the day to day stuff is content generation or editing like it's ugly twin. (laughs) you know, like. It's yeah, the ugly I, side of again, any content editing. Editing, I know.
0: As we're recording this, every time I look down at the timestamps, you're like, where are we? What do I have to do? What do I have to cut? Is there dead air? So right, I, I right. completely sympathize with that.
1: You're like, oh, look at that. Time for another commercial. No. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so I mean, the content production and editing does take a vast amount of my time. Anything else outside of that is um, a lot of the nuts and bolts of researching trends, what's working. Like you had mentioned um, Instagram numbers recently. That's probably one of the platforms that you're seeing the most movement as far as it shifting on a fundamental level across all other social medias. You know, where you have YouTube that's like an institution. Instagram is basically rebuilding itself from the ground up. So something like that, you have to be on top of it. And if you're not, you see so many people right now, their content just falls by the wayside because you're dealing with literally an entirely different machine, you know. So even that part of it. It's time consuming. It adds up.
0: No doubt. And I've, I've taken my own umbrage kind of with the influencer market, but it is a big one and a vast one. And I think that there are big benefits to it. Um, some people call it kind of a necessary evil, of the hospitality industry. But there are a lot of benefits that do come from it. As long as the the quote unquote kind of influencer people choose to work with has a good kind of heart and motive and things like that. There is a bit of a predatory side to it. Um, You know, the people that buy the followers and all of a sudden you see somebody with eight posts and 10,000 followers saying, you know, DM to collab. There is kind of that, that dark side to it. Mm -hmm. How do you navigate keeping your brand and your name, I guess for lack of a better term, clean?
1: I mean, entirely just like any other industry, you're going to have people that are looking for the quickest way to the top, Yeah, you know? And so um, even something that I've maintained from early on, even with my page or just, people I worked with or brands I worked with or anything like that, um, is maintaining that it's like, you know, if for what I'm doing, like you said, you know, I came into this without any intention of really making something. So having the opportunities that I have or, or have, you know, um, currently, it's something that I'm still weighing it against. What am I going to do with this in the long term? You know? And it's like, trust me, anybody who says that they haven't had an urge to buy followers is lying to your face <laughs> for sure. Um, because it's there, you know, the temptation is there. And so, but for what I want to do and then same thing now that I have transitioned into doing it full time or, um, as a profession and stuff like that, I feel like I'm able now to leverage that integrity that trust me, you know, uh, the apple looked good, you know, I wanted a bite, but for what I'm doing now, completely worth it. I wouldn't have it any other way because now I have something where it's like, Hey, if I'm going to represent you or I'm going to put you out there. I know it's going to real people. You know, I don't have yeah, to 100%. worry about you asking for insights. Um, if you follow my page at all, you'll see that I post my insights, which <laughs> not very common.
0: No, that's a very, very rare thing and credit words do um, it, And I do want to give credit words due because, like you said, a lot of work does go into this. Um, a lot of work goes into you know what I do. Obviously, it's a, it's a different kind of style, um, kind of the audio podcast versus the constant content creation, and, and both of which have their place and are completely respectable. And I have a so much respect for what you do because it's not just going to a restaurant walking in you know while taking a selfie video and then taking a photo and leaving there is more that goes into it can you can you kind of give like a general example and kind of a walkthrough of you know you mentioned a client and i guess for those that are kind of very confused about how this market works and it isn't a it's an ever-evolving one right how does a a content shoot go for you from kind of a client reaching out to when that post gets published
1: oh yeah so We'll break this down step by step, okay?
0: Um, And obviously share kind of whatever details you're comfortable with, but I'm curious about the whole kind of A to Z.
1: Right, right, right. So um, one, it can happen either, most likely the brand will reach out, Mm -hmm. okay? Um, Making the content, that's literally like one of the last parts, steps of the process. So even if I'm working with a client, establishing what terms, are you just looking for content? Are you looking for that to be posted on my page as well? and we'll get to why that factors in. But a lot of it is very, very broken down into what precisely the expectation is. And then the next stage of that is working out the ideas of executing it. So you might look at something like me pouring, um, I'll even go more recently, Um, I have a video right now, I think it's at 134,000 views. And I'm, I'm essentially putting a hot dog That is made already with tapatio inside. Tapatio is one of my clients, and I'm telling them like, "Hey, we got to give people something to watch. I'm gonna dunk this hot dog into a cup of full of tapatio. That obviously gets you know." I I love tapatio, and
0: I love hot dogs, so I'm already on board, and I know the exact video you're talking about. I may or may not have bookmarked it. You're walking
1: away. You're walking out here with the bottle. I got you. Um, But. That whole, I, that whole video went through the idea phase. We weighed other ideas against it. You know, um, part of what I do or part of what you do when you work with a content creator, depending on how much you leverage that dynamic or whatever, but um, is offering insight. So a lot of the application that I'm able to bring to a brand is me saying like, hey, I've looked at so many videos that have done well, I've looked at my own insights to see what people have responded to. And this is what I'm bringing to you as far as how we can inject your brand into that idea. So what's cool about that is um, once the once the meeting goes down, the ideas get hashed out. Okay, cool, this one gets approved. Now we're gonna produce it. So that in and of itself requires reaching out to the marketing person for it, Dirt Dog, setting up the time, setting up the location. I'm showing up, I'll, I'll show a video later so you can see it, but. There's lights, there's cameras, there's I have a gimbal, so there's equipment. Yeah,
0: I, I should interject real quick. Obviously, this is an audio podcast, but we are doing video recording. And while yes. video is coming down the line for the best seats, you do have a full camera oh, setup. So I have my full setup in, in effect right now. <laughs> so, lights, <laughs> camera, and action. you'll you'll see this on my social as well. Obviously, and as well, kind of when the episode goes live, uh, for a reminder for people. But yeah, I totally get the setup thing clearly.
1: And I mean. Um, this is stuff and same thing, you know, when you're, when you're planning out the production of the content, it's important to know by the time you get to the shoot, am I going to shoot something for your guys' channel? And then I have to, if you want me to post it on mine, I have to then also produce my content as well. So in most cases, obviously it'll piggyback on each other, but in the event that it doesn't, it still has to be planned, produced. So um, there's a lot, that's probably most of the technical side, you shoot the content and then there's editing and for anybody who doesn't know that involves staring at a screen for hours, um, because you're just trying to reduce, you know, I'm, I'm condensing minutes and minutes of content down to seconds, you yeah. know? So
0: and God forbid you're doing a reel on Instagram and it crashes. Instagram, <laughs> fix that.
1: <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's just, that's just one little speck of, you know, the annoyances that you deal with, but I mean the show must go on. Right. Yeah. So, um, all of that at the end of the day, um, even with reels now, you're looking at a, a piece of content that's 10 seconds or less, you know, for as, as far as um, getting maximum views. Yeah. Um, it's just long form is not getting played out as much. They're pushing reels. So they want it to be TikTok styles. Well, guess what? Your attention span on TikTok is like five seconds. I
0: was going to say, I think TikTok videos were viraling in like seven seconds right now to land on the main like for your page, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And so obviously for anybody listening who didn't know before, a lot of work does go into this. But while I've been opening this episode using the word influencer, I don't consider you an influencer. I consider you someone like myself, a content creator. Right. And I think that that's a very big emerging market. Now, I think that let's talk about the word influencer, though, and get that out Mm -hmm. of the way it's become a bit of a dirty word especially when kind of foodie can be involved because that's kind of gotten diluted itself a little bit everybody's Um, a foodie right right everybody's a foodie everybody
1: and literally their mom at this point (laughs) yeah
0: i don't remember who wrote the article it might have been on i don't remember which magazine and i apologize I'll, i'll you can write in and tell me what i got wrong but they wrote about the history of the word "foodie." Oh, it was on a uh, punch, uh, punch.com, which is, if you don't know, is a drinks publication. They were writing about the history of the word "foodie" oh, okay. and why there's not one for drinks culture, but they broke down where That's the term true. foodie came from and things like that. Yeah. And it was very interesting to think about it. Now, if you like food at all, you're a foodie. So what does it really mean? So,
1: right. As an adjective, like, how, you know.
0: yeah. And as somebody who is making a living off this, how do you react when you see, you know, new accounts pop up all the time and, and kind of the, you know, DM to collab is kind of the the famous one you oh, see in the I bio, know, I mean, right? How do you how do you kind of fight I think through I the noise? I took that out
1: of my bio. I think I was like, <laughs> no, actually, don't DM me to collab. <laughs> Email me. But like you mentioned, the technology moves so quick. quick. How do you stay ahead of it? I mean, staying ahead of it is just an aspect of doing this as a profession, you know. So I mean, I think anybody who is worth, you know, having it included in their title should have that being a bulk of what they're working on is staying relevant, finding out what the trends are, yeah. staying on top of the technology. And like I said, I mean, I'm researching articles, r- speculating what Instagram's doing. I'm weighing that against what I'm noticing. And then guess what? Lo and behold, the CEO comes out and says, we're not a picture app anymore. We're a video sharing app. Yeah. For people who don't care or have lives <laughs> that exist outside <laughs> of their phones, that's huge that's like ford saying we're only selling airplanes now right we're, we're done with cars yeah you a know? monumental shift i when i saw that video i looked down at all my photos and i just kind of went fuck oh man I, i'm i was looking at a hard drive <laughs> like gigs and gigs of, of pictures and i'm yep. just like huh well i mean i guess i guess i'm gonna buy this video editing app you know once that went down That's when I went full shift. Um, I bought an iPhone just to shoot video.
0: Yeah. And I've seen that more and more. I'm looking into getting a second one. I I, shout out to an app if you haven't used it called Filmic Pro. That's what I use on my iPhone. You can shoot cinematic if you don't have it. Like there's so many tools and tips. And it seems like every day there's something new and, you know, it's editing software for TikToks, And
1: oh, I mean, it's, it's just wild. It's there's a wide range. And I think, you know, zooming out to what you were saying about being a foodie, I think, um, at a certain point the equipment comes into play because at the end of the day, um, I know you had mentioned it. Like I don't, I don't keep track of new foodies coming out anymore yeah. or whatever. And even before when it, when it, and I did notice people doing it, I was like, Here's the thing. Um, in, in, in the market that we exist in free is free, is always going to be free quality work. You know, free is always going to be free. So I don't have to worry about somebody saying, Oh, well, so-and-so will do it for free. Well, cool. Have them do it. You know, like, but if you're talking to me, then I'm assuming you have some amount of respect for the quality of work that I produce or my audience or any, literally any factor. Um, and so that's how I feel like you go down that road of establishing yourself as far as like, Hey, yes, we're all foodies. If you love food, I'm not going to take that away from anybody. And, and it's a, a larger part of the world I exist in
0: Yeah, hundred percent,
1: but I'm not going to honor somebody reaching out and saying, Hey, we're going to give you a free sandwich to come out <laughs> and post and it's like, like have you seen the price again? I have a three of gas sandwich. sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> I have a breakfast sandwich video right now. It's at one point six million views. And it's like that's because I love AM Smash. You know Damn and anybody, right a shout out to them. They rock. Oh, uh, they're honestly like people like that is is, is literally the dream people to kind of like go go down, love their food, produce a piece of content and then it hit mm-hmm. is like that's the best feeling in the world, dude. Like yeah. I, mean, I do a lot of drugs and that's still like one of the better feelings I can say because not a dime. Like, I mean like they, they, they give me a sandwich obviously, but like I pay for them as well, you know? Like, yeah. um, but I'm not, I'm not like, Hey, that's $500. Oh, by the way, it hit over a million. So, you know, if you ha-, you know what I'm saying? Like,
0: no, a hundred percent. And it, it's one of the things that I respect about you. And, and there's other, obviously um, other people that operate kind of in the same space and sphere with that, Kind of i mentioned it earlier altruistic mind you know that kind of vision for it of supporting the little guy and it is one of the things i think that you know, your demographic professionally hits very very well when i was doing freelance writing a lot of what you see and still see is you know the major the four stars the you know the michelin star the big ones the you know the, right, the five star dining right. But then you have that middle, you know, you have that middle ground, which kind of operates kind of in the gray. Maybe they have a PR firm. Maybe they just right. have a dish that's popular. Or it's trendy
1: or exactly. they put Flaming Hot, they find a new way to shove it in somebody's oh, mouth. Like, I don't have an SD card <laughs> big enough to record my thoughts on the Flaming Hot trend. Um,
0: but there's very much, like you said, like an AM smash or, you know, a local burrito place mm-hmm. or a local burger place or like right. a food truck. Like, a, you know, I had the guys from Hammerburger on. Shout out to them. I oh, freaking right. love what they do. There's an effort that you put out to support. Not the little guy, but yeah, kind of the little guy, like that, that mom and pop place that yeah, people may not I, know.
1: And that's and I feel like that's part of just um, my brand. You know what I'm saying? I think that's part of just how, I guess, paying almost like homage to the thing that got me almost like into doing this more. Like I tell people all the time, um, when I first started my page, I, I did it out of just like being tired of physically telling people in person, like, hey, you have to go try <laughs> Helen Rays. Because... Helen rays when they had first come out before it was i mean their their location has always been popular but before it like hit mega mega popularity um i was telling people in person one by one i was just like hey i was in downtown l.a in chinatown you wouldn't believe it they're making nashville hot chicken i like things spicy anyways obviously so like i was already looking for like hey this is cool hot chicken to me had already stood out as something that was a game changer. I know it's played out now, but like,
0: yeah, we should mention for people that don't know Howland Ray's. Mm-hmm. first of all, shame on you. Second of all, this was, <laughs> this was before the, um, explosion that was the hot chicken.
1: Right, right. Exactly. And, and so, you know, part of that even starting my page, I was just like, you know what? I, I can't do it anymore. I can't just keep telling people one by one, you know, yeah. I have to get it out there. Um, and so it's just, like I said, it just goes on and on. And so even with Hammerburger, same thing. And so, um, and they've been everybody I, I've kind of met along the way has been super cool, and so I feel like that's something I owe to almost like however you want to phrase it, you know, to the game, to the industry, to to whatever. No, you know? I
0: I completely I get what you're saying. Um, it was the catalyst of why I even launched this podcast in 2020 was to help people. You know, the the first. 20 episodes were all remote. The first 10 are admittedly rough. The first three I tried to do was like a live stream on Twitch, which just, God bless those three friends of mine who came on, (laughs) crashed and burned. It is really hard to be a producer, a director, an interviewer, and a videographer all at the same time.
1: Live work will always be, right? What do they say? Live work is terrifying. (laughs) Live work is horrifying. What do they say? It's it's the most underappreciated art because it's like, yeah, doing stuff in person, live theater, anything, stand-up comedy, you know, it's just like- A million percent.
0: Well, it's time for a little commercial, yeah. I don't know about you, but 2020 had me re-looking at how I live and the space that I live in. Spending so much time at home really had me reevaluating how certain things worked and didn't in my living space. One of the main things, as an avid home cook and an obvious supporter of restaurants, was gardening. Anybody who enjoys food at all will be able to tell you that something you've grown yourself will taste infinitely better than anything you can buy at a store. That's where Ashley Irene of Heirloom Potager comes in. Heirloom Potager designs, installs, and maintains seasonal culinary gardens for chefs and foodies in Orange County. They provide organic gardening methods and bespoke buildouts used to preserve the heirloom varietals that they'll provide for seeds. An approachable and exciting endeavor, no matter if you're a seasoned restaurateur or a stay-at-home chef, Owner Ashley Irene's experience, expertise, and enthusiasm is only matched by her professionalism. For more information on how you can set up a consultation to get your own culinary garden space set up, go to heirloompotager.com. That's heirloom, A-G-I-R-L-O-O-M, p o t a g e r P-O-T-A-G-E-R.com today. Once again, that's heirloompotager. If you listen to the best seats at all, or read the content... Then you know the motto live well and often but what does it mean in layman's terms it's trying to give you the best products places experiences and more so you can put a big smile on your face every single day amass botanics is what i use on my back bar constantly if i need a cocktail or a quick pick me up any of their other botanical products like candles hand sanitizer and more also helps to set the mood now I'm a big fan of everything that Amass does. I have been since day one when they launched their trademark gin, and everything they've done since then has been nothing short of excellent. Now you can get your hands on their products at a discounted rate by going to amass.com and using the discount code, THE seats 15 that's C-E-A-T-S, at checkout. Now it's limited one per customer, so make sure you load up. But trust me, you can't go wrong with anything they're doing. I stand by Amass 100%. They're one of my go-to brands for spirits needs or anything around the house. So again, go to Amass.com, that's A-M-A-S-S, and use the code THEBESTSEATS15 at checkout. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. Present. Um, I want to ask, I mean, we're... Even though we're still dealing with it based on headlines, um, I do want to ask about the elephant in the room of 2020 and kind of COVID and those shutdowns. Oh, and yeah.
1: post-COVID, yeah. And
0: one of the things that I noticed and watched um, that was a little heartbreaking was you saw um, a lot of kind of the major, you know, quote-unquote, content creators, influencers, foodies kind of in the game. When everything got shut down, all of a sudden, we're kind of radio silent. There were uh, restaurants that needed help. There talk were about the were,
1: rug getting pulled from under you. Yeah. I mean here's the thing i think we can i think we can dive into that but i think one thing that should get unpacked before was pre-covid there was such a um i guess amount of like animosity that had built up between restaurant restaurant industry and influence industry Mm -hmm. and the reason why i mentioned that is because um what happens when things get that way is it becomes very particular to where influencers you almost can't cross that line of doing like quote-unquote free work or whatever yeah because of how quickly it'll get pushed or, or or thrown back in your face you know so and i want to make it clear i'm not oh yeah hating one way or the other oh yeah 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 it's just for the sake of conversation oh, this, it is an yeah, interesting is point observation you know just of how things because like you said it's it, you know that's where that's the background that it comes from so getting into 2020 i feel like was such a reality check across the board because the position that restaurants were able to take where it's just like, oh, if you're not building your business by word of mouth, you're not really building your brand. Or if you're having, you know, yeah, it was I don't even remember. I mean, it's like a flashback just talking about it. But there was the restaurants that were just becoming popular because they were refusing to give food. Shout out to CVT right? Ice cream. Oh My God, um, yes, I remember that. Um, which they gave me a free ice cream, by the way, which is super <laughs> funny. Um, because See, became, that should be in the Instagram profile. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> received a free ice cream cone from CVT, um, but that had picked up nationwide headlines because they were trending so hard. Because they took a, that that much of a stance against people abusing it, obviously. Yeah, and and one of the things I used to preach before COVID was the mutual responsibility between business operators and food. Influencers. That's why even the way I operate now is very precise as far as expectations and what I'm able to produce or whatever, because it goes both ways, man. You know, I show up to places and I'm like, hey, I really wanted to try this burrito. And they bring on half the menu because guess what? They would like a picture of everything. And so it's like the other part of that is like, hey, you're giving me free food. But guess what? Where are you going to be when I need a gym membership? You know what I'm saying? Like it adds up. Like, yeah, there's still bills. It's, it's, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff. I I
0: want to ask about the kind of opposite of that. Um, There's a lot of restaurants that, you know, there's kind of, there's the restaurant that reaches out to somebody like yourself um, kind of for, you know, hey, come help us spread our brand. But there also seems to be an emerging market of restaurants that almost look like they're designed exclusively to attract kind of that foodie influencer kind of person and yeah. whether it's for free content or not like hey
1: we want viral food you know right. kind of like that food porn like just i mean a lot shit. of that stuff is manufactured a lot of those places that do that, it's very rare unless you get somebody who is founded by somebody who's already operated in the food space um those are usually o- the only ones that you see that are coming out the gate with just hype food yeah hype um, thank you that's yeah yeah, yeah. It's like the high four food, locos of restaurants. Stunt food. Yeah. There's been, you know, foodie food. Um, there's all these names for it. But um, a lot of that stuff is by design. And so the places that you do see that are that are part of their business plan is this just being trendy. Holy smokes, man. Uh, COVID, I feel like, hit them the hardest. And I'll, I'll call one of them out, which is Jim Boy's Tacos. Their yeah, 100%. Whole, their whole business model was built on getting people who were visiting Disneyland we are never going to come back to socal in like the next 10 years coming to order something that they literally saw on instagram mm-hmm. and then no flavor like i mean just not delivering in any sense of the word of actually giving this person food yeah but they got to take a picture of it i mean that exchange still took place but i mean where are they now yeah exactly So exactly um, what are
0: some of the, I mean, as technology moves so freaking quickly, it seems like every day something is happening or, you know, TikTok trends change at the drop of a damn penny. I'm sure it's changed nine times just since we were recording this <laughs> Instagram, like you mentioned, is very much moving into that short form video format, yes. um, pushing some audio content, but the long form is very, very kind of dying.
1: I mean, if you make the audio engaging, yeah, it's, yeah, it'll, it'll push it. Yeah. Yeah
0: but what are some of the other trends that you're seeing or or what are some things that you're kind of predicting may happen? I mean, now that we're, we're recording this, you know, middle of February, just before Mm -hmm. kind of Valentine's day, it'll release a little bit after that. So we're going to hit summer pretty hard, I think, which is going to be exciting. But what are some of the trends and things that you see coming both in the technological space and the food space?
1: I mean, in the food space, I think, I think once again, I know we're going to get more into the The 2020 thing but um post-covid i think you see a lot more people appreciating food for it being inherently good Mm -hmm. so one of the things i'm excited about is seeing the position that like um barbecue has taken in food and you know in foodie culture food culture of southern california and california kind of throwing its hat in the ring as far as saying like hey we're making legitimate barbecue Albeit mostly Texas style. Hey,
0: shout out to Danny Castillo and Heritage <laughs> yes, Man. Keep yes. kicking ass. Oh my gosh,
1: they're only going to be doing more things. Um, I was just talking to him the other day. I'm hoping to get him back on the show soon. Oh. Depending on when you're listening to it, it may already have happened. Hey, we don't know. Let's hope. Let's hope for the best. But um, so seeing like real food start to come center stage—that's kind of super cool for me. Yeah. Um, the stunt food is cool for views, but I mean, it's it's not sustainable. Um, whereas seeing hardworking people who are producing like top quality food, seeing them get their, you know, um, time to shine that as a food, as a food kind of like trend, super cool. Um, you had kind of mentioned it with the, um, on the technological side. I mean, trust me, they're going to be foodie NFTs coming out pretty soon. Um, yeah,
0: they are. I know some people are already starting to announce them. Yeah. It's, I mean,
1: it's yeah. just one of those things. I think like we had kind of, um, maybe talked about it before the show where it's just like, you're going to see a lot more stuff change fundamentally because, um, content in general is getting more monetized. Yeah. So whether that's because of the TikTok fund, which even that's losing a lot of popularity because how little it pays, um, versus, you know, everybody wants their own YouTube show because of how well they pay. Um, but even them, you know, they launched a separate fund just for their YouTube shorts division. So
0: and breaking that algorithm is a nightmare in and of itself to even get, discovered outside of direct marketing
1: anybody yeah anybody who is a business owner it almost doesn't even matter what the business is um video is yeah. gonna be king like just like just like you know video killed the radio <laughs> it's gonna kill the social medias too because you see it getting integrated into twitter and i'm sure they're still gonna retool a lot of their platform to have it be more organically a part of it mm-hmm. but um but just what they're doing with reels and stuff like that it's becoming shorter. And, and this is what I'll say. It's not to say that long format video is dead, but it's no longer going to be the hook. Yeah, You're still going to have to get somebody hooked with a 10 second video and get them to go to your profile to watch a 30 second video or a two minute video or click on the link. And that link takes them to your YouTube where they can watch the full recipe. Yeah, And some of the people that you see are having the most success are understanding that breakdown and leveraging people up to where it's like, I'm not asking you, to watch me for a minute, you don't even know who I am. But if I can make you laugh because you saw me take a bite of a hot dog drenched in Tapatio, and now you're my profile, and guess what, you know, like, um, it, it really is one of those things where it builds up. You know, I had two videos hit over a million back to back. And so then- That's I think massive. That month I gained 15,000 followers. So it's like, versus before, I'm, I'm trying to put out these 30 second pieces that are just like watch this tortilla get made watch this watch this mustard get spread yeah, ever I've, so I've gone gently. down that road
0: myself with longer kind of format videos and, and you're right I'm it, tired of it by the time it.
1: I finish editing it I am like, like, time I'm editing it
0: and I'm like fuck that guy and I'm looking at myself yeah <laughs> and what am I doing I open
1: my TikTok to watch something for two seconds <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> like oh that dog hit a ball cool you're like wait a minute is it gonna hit the other and it hit the other ball like I know it nailed it and he did it <laughs> Uh,
0: there was one last question that I did want to ask. I don't want to linger on 2022 long. It's It's been long enough behind us. But there is one thing related to your profession that I do want to ask mm-hmm. about. And this was a time when restaurants had no money. Uh, magazines closed because they had no advertising money. Right. So it goes without saying that they probably didn't have a lot of content creator money, ad, you know, things like that. Was there any obligation from kind of people who operate in your space to do, like you said, I know, and I I understand and respect that doing Mm -hmm. free content all of a sudden now it's been established. Right. But was there any sense of, of kind of responsibility to maybe do free content and lend a hand and not from you specifically? No. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Speaking in general and like, I'm not putting words in anybody's mouth and you know, anything specifically Mm -hmm. I'll comment on myself, but um, in general, I think it threw everybody for a loop because it wasn't just the amount of like people not having, payment it was the fact that like every aspect of creating this content was shut down from the just from the sense of places didn't have staff yeah or places were not letting people in you know unless you were vaccinated and then there was before the vaccine came out remember it was just it was bare bones so i mean as much as everybody has their own right to kind of like personally decide how much they want to donate as far as time and resources. And, you know, um, that's super cool. But then it comes down to the part of like, I know a lot of these content creators are in LA, you know, and they're like deep in LA. Yeah. That's so even like, more difficult. Well, not only that, but there was a while where it was just like, if you were in LA, you were in the hottest zone and nobody wanted there yeah. was like the land of the lepers you know <laughs> yeah no that's 100 percent true as well and and again i and i'm not arguing one
0: way for or against oh, yeah, but no, just as you're the just first person i've had on the show who professionally operates in this space
1: yeah so at that time i i feel like it really just came down to what everybody was comfortable doing and then obviously whatever the business owners were because even from their standpoint i mean 2020 i feel like as a whole it rocked people in this industry to it to their core because at the same time where it was like, oh, man, it would be cool to have somebody, you know, come promote the food or whatever. There was also a reckoning of like, oh, shit. I don't even know if you swear in your podcast. but Well, I've done it about four or five times. Yeah, oh, you're open to it. Uh-huh. Yeah, say whatever you want. But um, it became an oh, shit moment, I think, for a lot of restaurant owners because they were just like, I can legitimately use this thing to communicate with customers. And I feel like as obviously as basic as that sounds, it was in some sense kind of revelatory because you gotta you gotta remember, back uh, rewind, um, there was that that animosity between the two, and so for restaurant owners to be in a position of acknowledging that this is a legitimate thing, it functions to let people know I'm open. They can do delivery. They yeah, can guess One hundred percent. If I have over ten thousand at that time, it's open now. If you didn't know, but I can add a link to my website or so that way people can order instead of me mm-hmm. having to pay and fork over an extra 30%. Yeah. Cause guess what? Grubhub and Postmates were not cutting anybody any breaks during this. Time. No, no. So, and I've had guests on that have made their opinions on those apps. Oh, I mean, trust vehemently me, clear. <laughs> trust me I, I agree. And so that's something to where I feel like it was one of these things of like, we need to put our weapons down. And because guess what? At the end of the day, we still need to figure out how to get content. You still need to figure out how to let people know. Yeah. Newsflash, we're still in business, you know, we're still serving people like I think just just how crazy is it that it's like something like that can be taken advantage of to where you're just like, oh, man, um, I do information was changing week by week at that time between you could serve food at yeah, all or true. you could have people sit down or you could just have people grab their food through a, a hole you cut <laughs> in a piece of plywood <laughs> or something, you know, like um, so stuff like that moving so rapidly and they were just like it's not like you can change your billboard if you if you bought one it's not like you could change it every week and like yeah. "Oh, now we are doing takeout oh no 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 Now you can't surprise <laughs> yeah <laughs> no. that so, is completely
0: I mean, completely fair man
1: yeah so it's definitely it's definitely um i feel like post COVID, i feel like the the line between restaurants and i feel like there's more mutual respect yeah as opposed to before it was just like i can't even validate what you do because I say it's worth something you're going to charge me even more versus like now you can look at it as a utility as like, now I'm able to reach customers. Now I'm able to reach more customers. Um, so even in that sense, just, just accomplishing that alone, I feel like puts us in a completely different place now versus how bad things had gotten before yeah. pre COVID or pre 2020.
0: No, I, I think you're, I think you're right. I think you're going to see the content creator market, Um, evolve in a massive way I mean this this you know even this little podcast is you know crowdfunded through Patreon and that's even grown massively and especially in the past six months I mean February well I should say January recording this in February January was the best month to date
1: so I mean it just keeps growing and trust me you know going back to what you had mentioned earlier where it's like if you're trying to find a place in this space you know um, the time is always going to be now you know because um, no matter how many people are doing it and as much of a cliche as it sounds like um my page didn't really start doing better until i started doing memo style content and like my style of humor mm-hmm. or like it or not you know what i'm saying like trust me you could it doesn't take long to go through the comments you'll see them <laughs> Like, why do you blink so much what's wrong with your eyes you know like god there's nothing like the comment <laughs> section on the internet and, and i'm just like i love it bring it on because the more you know um the more they don't understand, almost like the better I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, brother, I appreciate
0: what you do. Uh, we're going to wrap up this episode and we awesome. will come back and Thank record you. the Patreon exclusive post show. But if people want to reach out and find you, not that they should have a hard time doing it, apparently with those, um, that many millions of views. You'd be
1: surprised how many millions of people don't know I exist. <laughs> <laughs> well, if people want to reach out and follow you and see what you do, where can they do that at? Across the board, I'm at memos munchies. I've been able to secure Twitter, YouTube, uh, TikTok, And of course, Instagram is the main one. That's the hub. That all these spokes. Yep. I love it, brother.
0: All right. So we are going to come back for a Patreon exclusive post show. Obviously, for anybody listening on free feeds, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the best seats and listen. But well, brother, I appreciate what you do. Thank uh, you. Thank you
1: for having me. Love the style. This has been a lot of fun. Yes. I'll get you that bottle of top of right now. <laughs> Thanks, man.
0: Brother, thank you for the time. I am so grateful. Shout out to Stubricks also for hosting us. Um... I don't remember if I mentioned the show or not, but I'm trying to get them on the show as well. Uh, But very, very nice of them to be able to host us. Obviously, you know, it's one thing to interview somebody in the restaurant where they work at, but when you're talking with somebody like that, kind of finding a neutral ground to be able to record a conversation is huge. So really, really, really appreciate them for the time. Um, And I just really appreciate Memo again for just being so freaking candid and, and open and There were things that he said that I didn't know about. There were things that he said that I loved. There were things that he said that I disagreed with. And you could be all over the map, too. But I hope you got something from it. I really hope you took something away. Um, As somebody who is trying to make a living and pay my bills as a content creator in this space, um, I really identify a lot with a lot of the things that he said. um, And I hope that you did, too. And I hope that you will go out and continue to support creators that make stuff that you like. And maybe if it's not everything you like, at least you're supporting somebody who, if nothing else, is being a little provocative and and showing you new things and opening your eyes to some new stuff. So I'm very appreciative of him for being so candid, taking the time. Thank you to everybody who does support on Patreon. The show is not possible without you, all the advertisers for the show, and there are more coming on. I'm very excited and flattered by all of that. Everybody who does support on free feeds, thank you so much. It means the world to all of you. I'll see you next time. Take care. The Best Seats Podcast is an original production of The Best Seats. It is written, edited, produced, and owned by myself, Crawford McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats. It's based in Orange County, California. It is subsidized through generous monthly donations at patreon.com forward slash the best seats. The following are the names of those who subscribed at the highest monthly tier, aka norm status, and allow me to continue producing this show each and every month. As a thank you for their continued support, here are the names. Cheryl McCarthy, Serena Warino, George Pavlov, Eric Lutz, Pizza Guy Ninety Two, Paige Reardon, Loco Lipo, Tim Falk, Orito No Rito, Sarah Hines, Jay Baker, Tim Swine. Thank you for your support.